Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Grand Champ number 17 on our road to 20. And today I have a, a content creator that I just recently found through another content creator posting a tweet on another content creator's post. Just all the tweets, all the content creators. Uh, today uh, he is celebrating his birthday. He is willing enough to spend some of his birthday time with me. That's how much of a treat it is to spend time with me. It's like a birthday thing. Uh, he is a new homeowner, which is awesome. Congratulations on that. Uh, and he is the host of a nice little YouTube uh, Rocket League show called Rocket League Decision Making. Uh, I will let him tell you all about that later. Of course, Swayze, thank you so much for joining me on Chasing Grand Champ. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. Uh, and all of these different content creators... Uh, shout out to Nick for kind of bringing us together and Musty talking about trying to get more people involved. I think the community is, you know, helpful towards one another and it's, it's great to see. Yeah, that was a nice rallying cry and and look at all the great things that have been created from it. I actually uh, talked to Nick as well, Quad Nick, for those of you that uh, might not know exactly who we're talking about, who is a pretty cool content creator. He has made some popular uh rocket league stuff but he likes to dabble in other things as well anyways he tagged you uh and you said something about hey mr musty and then i said hey mr swayze what do you think of this and you were like yeah and here we are so um i'm excited to be doing this because we're kind of in the in the same area of rocket league so uh why don't we get started uh since we're also just getting familiar with each other right now tell uh, me and the listeners a little bit about your Rocket League backstory, uh, how long you've been playing, uh, where you're at right now, and and then we'll jump off the deep end and see where we go. All right. I mean, perfect. What I, what I typically do for my own content is I ask certain key questions, and I'll do my best to answer a few of those for you and all the listeners, Tom. Uh, the first, what you asked is, uh, originally, I got Rocket League on Xbox. A friend told me to download it. Typically, he chooses weirder games, and Car Soccer might have been one of those. And about five minutes in, I was like, this game is awesome. I want to get so good at this game. How do I How do I become Grand Champ? I mean, the whole chasing Grand Champ. I, I knew immediately. I was like, I want to be top of the top. That's now led to about... I'm going to say 17, 1800 hours. Um, I'm in the champ one ranges for threes and twos. I'm playing more ones. I'm at diamond one. And then typically the questions that I ask is like, what's your biggest weakness and what's my biggest strength or what's your biggest strength? My biggest weakness in Rocket League is probably aerial speed. I'm trying to get up quicker, but I mean, you watch pros and they're lightning fast. It's incredible. And then I think my biggest strength, which focuses on my content, is uh, my Rocket League decision-making. I like to think that overall I control the game not too bad. Okay. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit more about that? I'm Go into a little bit about uh, what causes you to think that is one of your uh, stronger points or a stronger suits we were talking about this before the podcast started but in rocket league games it's five minutes long you're gonna make good decisions you're gonna make bad decision then bad decisions and there's all these little micro decisions that are gonna affect the game one way or another and the idea is to mitigate as much harm as possible uh you don't want to needlessly give away possession so i do everything i can to not give away possession you want to control the tempo uh, the more that you have the ball and like the ball, especially in places that you can make something happen. If you're just sitting with the ball in your back corner, not, that's not going to affect the game. Maybe if you're up by 10, but at that point, throwing the double left to other team, let's, let's get moving. It's all about playing as smart as possible because there's some unbelievably mechanical, mechanically gifted players, uh, especially in the ones playlist and like platinum. And these people are hitting ceiling shots or crazy air dribbles, double, triple touches, and and but they're also giving up eight goals a game, and I don't want to be that person. Okay, so you're you're a champ one. Walk me through a little bit of the process of getting to champ one 
right now? Like, what was what was your journey? Did you have any hookups or stalls at any specific ranks? Uh, how do you feel about being a champ one right now? Do you ever like fall like climb up into champ two and then fall back? Do you ever go down into diamond three and have to get back up? Like, you're in champ one right now, but what what is like a week to week basis? Well, no, let's start with like your journey up to where you are right now. Like, what do you feel really got you there? Um, and what are some of the big changes that you had to make to get to champ one and really solidify yourself there? So, there, I mean, there's a few things to that question. Uh, the first is the hang ups. When I first started playing Rocket League, when I wasn't playing with friends, I would do solo Q3s all the time, like the solo standard which meant my, I, I started in competitive season three. I think I was bronze one div one for all of competitive season three. I could not get out for the life of me. And I played a lot. Like I, I didn't feel like I was like that bad. I mean, I'm definitely not a silver at that point, but I mean, at least give me bronze one div two. Uh, as time went on, I remember stalling out in silver two for quite a bit of time. There was a huge hang up in gold three, trying to break into platinum. Which, if you look at the rank distributions, like plat, gold three, plat one, plat two, like that's where thirty percent of the player base is. Like pretty much most people are in there, so it's the good with the bad. And then I spent a good amount of time in plat two as well. Around plat two is when I decided, hey, I want to make some content. I went out and I bought a PC and I created a Steam account. And I played immediately into Diamond 2 in my 2s and 3s playlist. And I don't mean to throw my friends under the bus, but um, sorry guys, I'm driving it. I would play with my friends all the time, and that's normally the only time we would play competitive. And I might have been a little bit better than my friends, and I think that negatively impacted my rank. Which begs the question, I mean, you see people all the time say, uh, you are where you should be. And yeah, that's true. If you solo queue a lot, I, I do think whatever rank you are, you're probably where you should be. But there's definitely times where if you're playing with someone that's way better than you, or if you're playing with someone that's way worse than you, I mean, you're only one of four people or one of six people on the, uh, the arena at a certain time. So you can only affect so much. Um, what other questions did you have? It was like, how, okay, the champ won, right? How am I here now? Yeah, like what what changes did you make or where, what do you feel like you added to your Rocket League game to get you to champ one? Uh, just mechanically being proficient. The best thing that happened from the move from Xbox to PC was the different workshops. Uh, shout out to whoever made that dribbling workshop and then the other aerial workshop, like the, the two big ones. That helped immensely. It's crazy how much that up my game other things that really influenced uh i mean moving from plat to like immediately into diamond and then up to champ one it, overall like it was like a two-month period i didn't spend a lot of time in diamond like I, I i skyrocketed and now i've stalled completely um but it's just just playing faster you know, making sure that you're the first one to the ball or you're winning 50-50s. You, again, the idea is that you want to be in the best position possible to make the next play quicker than anyone else. And that was the biggest difference between Plat 2 and then Champ 1 was just becoming more comfortable and challenging better. Uh, you asked, do I ever reach up to Champ 2? Highest I've ever been is Champ 2, Div 4. I could taste Champ 3. You know, Bacchus Mod lets you know, hey, you're like four MMR away. And then uh, for the last month or so, I've been comfortably back into the middle area of Champ 1 in 2s and 3s. I did slide down into Diamond for about a week in 3s, uh, and that was rough. I contemplated life quite a bit, thought about selling everything I owned. I'm totally kidding. Um, it just, you know, it, it, it took a little grind and focused on the mechanics again more dribbling, more packs, more workshops. And then, uh, now we're, we're back up in champ one div three, I think for both playlists currently, maybe div two, div three. So how long have you been champ one? 
Like, how long have you solidly been there when you made that move from Diamond? It's probably been about four months. Um, I, I, I currently playing this yo-yo game where I go all the way up to, you know, champ one, div four. I might hit champ two, div one. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next day I'm back down in champ one, div one, div two. And, and I'm bouncing up and down. it's like every other day that I play. Um, which maybe on my good days, I should probably just play for like a four hour session as opposed to the hour that, you know, life allows. Mm -hmm. So then what's, what's the, what's the difference for you? What do you think? Like in, in terms of when you are moving up and when you're going down, what do you see as the difference? I think it's most likely just speed of play and especially in the higher ranks, like in champ, the speed of play really changes in the air, how quick you can get up and how much you can control a ball uh, really changes everything. And, and one of my biggest vices in rocket league is that it's car soccer and in soccer, you pass the ball and it's super effective. And I mean, Tom, I, I think you're champ one as well. May, may, like, do you feel like people are looking for passes or do you, it's yeah. mostly so like, I, I feel like quite it's, often it's almost it's, like they're not looking for passes, but if you put the ball where other people are, they can do something with it. Yeah. It, I'll say that. That's perfect. Um, so I'm stuck in this area of where I'm actively like, I love passing Dude, the passing plays are the coolest thing in the game, especially if you're playing threes and you can get the whole team involved. Um, but sometimes people might be in a good position, but they're not in the perfect passing position where I think that kind of happens more in the champ three grand champ range. Um, at least if you watch enough Rizzo or squishy videos, who knows? So what would you say? Like, how do you, of course you say, you know, you are wanting to get to grand champ and I, I say it too. And I feel like the, the more that days go by, the more I question that because I haven't seen like a consistent uh, rise in my MMR for a very long time. Like I, I was in champ two for maybe two or three weeks and now I'm in champ one and, and can't really find my way back through champ one up to champ two. Uh, but I think that's mostly because I'm, I'm trying a lot of new things and so I'm not necessarily winning every single game that I could, and I'm okay with that. All mm -hmm. that to be said, uh, you know, we're kind of in the same place where we're both uh, staying right in that champ one level. So uh, my question to you is, what are you doing or how are you thinking about the game to improve right now? So much of it is uh, like for me, again, it's just like the decision making, like analyzing what goes well, what doesn't go well. I'm a big fan of watching replays back. I mean, that's kind of the idea of my content. Um, but even for myself, I'll save a replay and then two weeks later, I'll go back and I'll watch it and I'll see the changes that have happened in two weeks and then kind of like try to pick out currently what I'm you know, like things that I did atrociously wrong. And then so much of it too, is just like perspective. If you're in the champ range, I'm ballparking here, but I, I, tr I really think it's like, you're in the top 6% of the player base. Like that's incredible. If you would have told me, Hey, you're going to be on the top five or 6% of just about anything. I'd be like, all right, I'll take that. Um, but that grand champ is just such a grind. And the mechanics needed to get there are so important that one of the things I ask in every single video I do is what do you think is more important mechanics or positioning and people that just start the game typically answer mechanics. If you're a bronze player mechanics, if you're a grand champ player, I feel like a lot of them lean towards mechanics as well. The rest of everyone is positioning. And I think that's kind of the difference between um, being elite or understanding just how far you need to go in bronze is just how much more mechanically I need to be 
better at the game. Uh, the positioning comes. I, I personally, if I had to choose one or the other, I would say positioning. I know that sounds counterproductive to what I just said. Um, but I think in the long run, positioning is going to be more beneficial. But for Grand Champ, for the very tippid, tippity top, Mount Everest style, like your mechanics need to be almost flawless. What do you mean the tippity top? Are we talking like a professional level Rocket League player? Yes and no. So uh, most professional Rocket League players are somewhere, you could fact check me. I think it's somewhere around 1900 MMR, maybe 1800 might be like bubble players and then up. Um, where Grand Champ, you get it somewhere around 1550, might be 1515 or 1530, something like that. Um, so I think if you're in that low end of Grand Champ, I think more mechanical mistakes happen. But when you really start to look to be like an elite level player, it, the, the mechanics are just too important to, to, to mess up. Those guys are so good that if something goes wrong, like if you, you know, if you flub a shot, or if you whiff off the wall, you're going to be exploited so bad, so quickly, um, that that it's that fraction, that minute detail in mechanics that's going to make a difference for the very top-level players. So you would say to get to a Grand Champ level, the decision-making is a higher priority? Yeah, I think the decision-making gets you there. I think to excel once you hit Grand Champ is going to be the the mechanics from there on out. And and with that said, it's not like one or the other changes. Like if you don't ever work on, you know, your half flips or uh, and working off the wall, like you're, you're probably not going to make it to Grand Champ. But mm. being in the right position is going to bail you out of much more situations to get to that Grand Champ level as opposed to, um, you know, like the, the crazy mechanics are like, being able to score double or triple taps or whatever, um, a little bit of flair to to really, you know, like keep you progressing and I don't know, like on the very top. So much of it is like if you follow competitive Rocket League, Tom. Like when you watch pro Rocket League players, you're just like, wow, those guys, those guys are good, and that's an understatement. You're like, it's just so mind blowing the stuff that these people pull off. But at the same time, you know, just normal positioning will get you there. Sure. So as somebody that prides himself on decision-making, what is keeping you in champ one? Uh, I, I think my biggest flaw right now is just going to be, uh, again, like my aerial speed. So much of it too is like, I'm working on air roll shots right now. Uh-huh. Uh, and just that tiny mechanic of being able to kind of wrap your car around a ball and get a little bit more power on it is uh, the difference between someone saving it or not. And that little air roll adjustment also is so big for coming off the wall for aerials. And I think that's kind of where I struggle as well. Would you say that you are more of a defensive or offensive-minded person? So... Neither, to be honest. Uh, again, I mean, when, when I play soccer in real life, um, I, I play midfield. So the whole idea is that I want to be doing both. I, I don't necessarily need to be the guy that scores and gets all the attention, and I don't need to be the defender making the last save, but I sure do love passing more than, I, more than like what is healthy in this game, I think. So I, I wouldn't place myself one or the other. But in champ one, I find myself reverting back to being more cautious than aggressive. You just never know about your teammates. Right. It's it's interesting that you say that because I I would lean towards that as well, or at least I have in the past. And I honestly feel as if that is more of a hindrance than it is a a positive. And I'll tell you why. And I'll, I'm curious what you think, because to a certain point, like, yeah, you can, you can play backup and you can play third man and you can clean up all the messes, but eventually it gets to a point where, uh, the games get to a point where you can't really keep up with that. Mm -hmm. Like if you're always, uh, chasing the game or watching the game happen and trying to clean it up, then eventually the game will be moving too fast for you to play in that way. 
And then you really just kind of render yourself useless. I totally agree. So when I say um, cautious, that means if I think that I'm not going to beat an opponent, um, especially like in their final third. So if I'm in the attacking third, if I'm not going to beat the opponent, there's no use for me going up and like getting beat. And then all of a sudden my teammates in a 2v1 or a 3v2 or anything like that. Um, and, and I think people actually neglect how important shadow defending is. If you're in a 1v1 situation, I mean, there's going to be times where people are going to flick you, but if the flick's good enough, it, it's going to be hard to stop it anyway. So at least shadow defend and like get into the best position possible. And if they do make some type of mistake, then, then you're able to go then. So it, again, for me, like there's a difference between being defensive and then being cautious. I think, and it might be because I'm kind of like a, a fanboy. I mean, I say kind of, I am a fanboy, but watching Squishy's videos and just listening to him talk about why he doesn't go for things and just like him, like trying to have the uh, opponent play into what he wants is such an underrated skill, uh, especially while you're ranking up. Yes. I would say that even the trap that I fall into is taking too many challenges or making an attempt on a ball where I could just turn around and reset myself to make a better challenge in five seconds. That, that happens a whole heck of a lot. So right now in the games that you play, um, what would you say, what kind of things do you see in your games that cause you to lose? Um, like games that you lose, do you see something on a consistent basis or like, what would you, what would you pin on, you know, some of your losses? So there's some more evident things just like, uh, I, I mean, honestly, there, there is a skill gap, right? Like sometimes the opponents are better than you. Um, so more nuanced for when I feel like I'm losing, but I, I shouldn't have lost. Um, it's normally just like a mechanic mistake that results in a goal uh, every now and then, like it, maybe you'll come off the wall or you do an aerial and uh, I'm getting better with air rolling my car so I can get the angle that I want. But let's say it's a 50 50 in the air and I don't get the angle that I want. Now I'm falling down to the ground and most likely my opponents now in a one V two or my teammates in a one V two. Um, and, and it's just like leaving them in a bad position. And then the other side of that too so much of my videos when I lose or, you know, when I'm just playing myself being in a one V two and like the, the demo plays that so many people go for in NA now it's so hard to avoid. I mean, if you avoid the demo, great, but now you're most likely off the ground and out of position. So then the opponent, the second opponent just gets to dribble the ball in. Um, and it's, it's making sure that, in twos, you have someone that's always challenging the ball and applying pressure and keeping that rotation going. In threes, it's the same idea, but you get a little bit more leeway so you can use a third person as an outlet. Um, and when when that isn't happening, I think that's the biggest like nuanced reason of why I feel like I'm losing. So how could how could you keep yourself from getting into those situations? Like in your in your own play, if you could shift something or change something, so maybe those situations come up less. Uh, yeah. What What would that look like for you? I th I think it's finding a healthy balance of more game experience, and and again remaining cautious. Uh, the worst thing that you can do in my mind, uh, for someone that makes a whole series on decision making, is leaving your teammate or teammates in a bad position. Because for the longest time, from bronze one, even all the way up into the grand champ ranks, you'll see what a save. But just because your teammate's back doesn't mean that they're in the position to make a save, especially if, you know, the opponent has numbers. Right. And what kind of position they're in. Like, back goes a long way. Or it's a, it's a very gray area. Just yeah. having somebody quote unquote back. And you I think the thing that I I see for myself on 
a very consistent basis or in in my games not on a consistent basis but sometimes you know you go for something that technically should be perfectly fine but then your teammates might double commit behind you and i am i'm not one to blame anything on my teammates um because i i always want to take full responsibility for my games because i know if i'm going to solo queue as much as i do that it's my responsibility to win on a consistent basis or put myself in a place to win on a consistent basis can i say something to that sure so like for anyone listening the common denominator in every single one of your losses is you you know if you're losing you could have the same bad teammate three games in a row but i bet you don't have him for that fourth game and if you lose that fourth game it's on you tom you're exactly right so much of it like people don't watch their replays back enough if you start watching your replays back you're gonna see so many instances of you making a huge mistake and and that's why you're getting scored on it might be you getting scored on it might be your teammate getting scored on um but so much of it is it's just one small thing that you did and now everyone's in a bad position and and people don't like to think about that they only like to think about that last man the person in goal and a lot a lot of times i can relate a goal to a mistake that i made you know maybe not two or three seconds before but maybe 10 to 15 seconds before that goal was scored, you know, whether it was a bad challenge or me centering the ball. I've noticed in my past games in the past couple of days that I center the ball when I'm on the offensive side, you know, like around the corner and Mm -hmm. I'm coming up, I just slam the ball into the corner or off the back wall when my teammates aren't there. And that's, like I think I'm doing something good because I'm centering the ball on the offensive side, but when both of your teammates are not there, then it's basically just a pass to the other team. Yeah. And it's a comfortable pass. Like they have and of course in Champ One, more often than not, what they'll do is just blast the ball down the field. But if they can blast the ball down the field, it still puts you in a compromised situation. Whereas at least if, you know, a teammate can challenge that clear you have a better opportunity of something happening. But one thing I see so often right now that I do is center the ball once the play is pretty much already over. And so it's basically just giving the ball back to the other team. I think the scary thing too, to think about is going to be when people start realizing that around our rank and they start taking that center pass with no one coming into a dribble and if you're still on back wall like again that's what i mean where now you know it it could be a three on two or a two on one and and it's just so much of it is just trying not to give away possession again i mean we're playing car soccer if you have 100 possession your teammate has zero percent chance to score i mean obviously in a game like this that's never going to happen but the more anyone controls the ball i mean Oh my God, it makes a world of difference. Right. And so the past few weeks and after my my episode with Pluto that I did last week, I really started thinking to myself a lot about speed uh, because I noticed and I pulled a chart from calculated.gg, which is just my favorite website. Um, if you look at the average speed per rank, it goes up every single rank. So like the average speed for grand champs is just over 15,000. So I know in my heart of hearts, if I want to ever make it to grand champ, playing faster is something that will be required of me. And so I'm thinking about that a lot. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get more comfortable with it. And then the next phase of that is not just getting to the ball faster and then slamming into the ball. It's getting to the ball faster more than the other team and then taking possession of the ball and doing something with it, whether that's scoring goal goal myself, 
setting up a shot attempt or, you know, just ending an offensive possession for the other team and it, creating pressure on the other side of the field before I have to leave the play. And I am not at the point where my mechanics uh, support, and I wouldn't even know at the slower speed. So like right now I'm averaging 14.5 to 15 uh, speed wise, 15K speed wise. Um, but my mechanics do not support me keeping possession at that speed, especially on the wall. I really have to work on my wall stuff. But then on top of that, I don't necessarily know that my mechanics would support me keeping possession at a 12.5 or 13 or 13.5 speed. So it's, it's really learning. I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to not try to work on too many things at once because I know it's okay. Let me solidify this and get comfortable. And then let me add this on top of it. You know, it's a nice little recipe. And I think getting to the point where I understand that is awesome. And now it's putting in the time to allow myself to get to a place where it actually works. You and me both. Can I offer uh, a different perspective? No. As well? No, I'm perfect. happy. I'm happy with my perspective, and I don't <laughs> want to hear anything else. I'm just kidding. Go right ahead. So, Tom, I was in the Army, right? And one of the well, phrases thank you that for we used... your service, sir. Oh, no problem. Uh, really, the only reason I did it is just so I could make a YouTube channel and not make any money on it. Um, in all, no one laughed there. In all seriousness, uh, I, in... I, I was laughing. In the military, one of the phrases that we would use would be uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And I think the idea of that phrase and what you're saying, there's it's somewhere in the middle of that. You have to play fast if you want to reach grand champ. Mechanically, you need to be quick to be able to do whatever you want. And honestly, just your car needs to be um, typically moving, you know, near supersonic speeds, if not supersonic speeds as much as possible. But if you watch um, certain pros like Rizzo, I think Rettles does it quite a bit. Uh, even in you know EU, like KDOP, you'll see these pros or you, they'll have videos and you'll actually watch them slow play down and control the ball. And I think that's neglected somewhere around our rank where people are trying to play so fast, which, I mean, again, that's going to be needed, but not giving away possession is so important too. And and sometimes people are playing so fast that those big clears that you were talking about, I think five minutes ago, something like that. Um, I mean, you're just, you're just giving the opponent the ball. It's finding this happy medium of playing fast, your mechanics being smooth and then uh, being as smart with the ball as possible. So it's interesting that you bring that up uh, because, and I need to do this more because I don't fully understand it. But there is a point where I feel as if uh, it, this is this is pure speculation right now because I don't know. And pros do go around in supersonic a lot. Like I will, I'm I have a pro replay up right now um, between uh, Cloud Nine and G Two, and time in supersonic. Rizzo, 55 seconds. Jay Naps, 51 seconds. Chicago, 56 seconds. And then all the C9 guys are right around 40. Uh, average speed, all well, Squishy, 14.7. Torment, 14.4. Uh, gimmick, 14.8. And then all the C2 guys, or excuse me, G2, all of them were around 16. Um, Can I ask you, while you're talking about this? Yeah. Does it tell you who won that game? Was it G2 with a faster speed? No, it was Cloud9. Really? 5-2, wow. yeah. Um, that being said, like I, I think that there is something to be said about getting somewhere fast and then slowing down just as fast. And I've been trying to watch this in some squishy videos to see how it works because obviously when they're zooming across the field, you know, they're, they're zoomy zoomy at supersonic, but then when it matters... You know they can still control the ball, 
like they can still uh slow it down and air dribble um or take the ball up the wall create a ceiling shot do a flip reset whatever they have to like rizzo's average speed is 16 16 over 16k in this game but then his average hit length or average hit distance was only 1900 which is really low uh so obviously like he is moving around the field extremely fast and then when it matters he's getting good touches on the ball now this might not be the best example because he lost this game 5 to 2 but it it still stands that you know these guys are getting to the ball very quickly and still able to slow down enough to control the ball it's an interesting perspective like it, it's it's crazy just how different each game of rocket league could be um but I, i'm gonna hope that you agree with me tom maybe you do but how often do you play a game you know especially in ranked and then you queue and it's same exact teams and a completely different outcome oh yeah that could certainly happen yeah, which is like the cool part of, you know, best of five or best of seven series. It's just a, it becomes kind of a war of attrition over time. Who's who's just the better team? Well, and especially in our level, things are so inconsistent that you put somebody in a situation that they're comfortable with and everything's going to be fine. You put them in a situation that they're not comfortable in and all of a sudden they're a completely different player. And so let me ask you this, because it's been four months, four or five months for you in the champ one area and you've gone up and you've gone down, but you've been in champ one, uh, you know, for a while. What, when's the last time that you committed to yourself that you were just going to do something in your game, completely different, make yourself really uncomfortable on a extended basis? So, uh, as far as in game, I, Tom, I don't even think I can tell you what I have been doing for the last two or three weeks now is every day before I start playing, I do that aerial workshop map because I feel like my aerial mechanics are lacking. So that um, aerial I, work, you'll have to be more specific because there are lots God, of I them. Don't, I don't know what it is. Don't mind any clicking in the background. I'm going to pull it up and we're going to keep talking. But there's an easy level, a medium level and a hard level. And I got to the point where I could do the easy in about 10 minutes, you know, good or bad. Might take a few times on each level, but no big deal. Um, and I could get through the medium except for the very last level, which was some type of like corkscrew. You're going to just keep flying all the way up. Like, I, I think I've attempted hard one time. Um, with me doing this aerial, let's see, extra workshop, it's called Speed Jump uh, Boost by DMC. So okay. an obstacle course, all of these different difficulties. I'm now doing the easy one under five minutes, and I'm getting to the last level on the medium one in about 15, which is pretty good. I think the first time I did it, it took me like an hour. Um, and I, I'm still yet to beat that last level. But now it, it's making such a difference in my aerial mechanics that I feel more comfortable. And then I'm also warmed up, so when I do start playing, things are going uh, a lot better early on you know i feel like it's it's less of i don't know it's like tom when you play rocket league you jump straight into competitive right now i do yeah. right now and i do and i'll tell you why that is uh and really the only reason is i'm purely focused on playing the game fast like and i'm i'm trying to not care about wins and losses and it still happens uh, so maybe I need to be in the practice of that more as well. But I'm purely just trying to get more comfortable playing fast. Yeah. That's all and I for, care about. For me, I have, you know, on a good day, like two hours worth of competitive time, like two hours of Rocket League time between, you know, a dog, a house, work, all of that, all of that different stuff that happens in life. So I, you know, take the first 10 minutes to do some type of warm up. And a big reason that I even do that now is because uh, I had Nito Queen on my series and she would say that she would do three different training packs, two or three different training packs before she even touched 
a Rocket League game, casual, competitive, whatever. If you look at Nidoqueen two, three months ago compared to where she is now, her mechanics are incredible. Shout out to her. Like, she is crushing. She's playing so well. Um, and it really made me focus and think about myself instead of me just jumping into games. Even though I only have an hour and a half or two hours to play, maybe we should get warmed up before we just start playing competitive. Also, so much of it too is like, if I'm cold and my mechanics are off that day, you know, some days I'm on fire, some days I'm ready to go, but on the days that I'm not, that first competitive game is going to be a bad loss and it's going to negatively affect my teammate. That's low-key irresponsible. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, my teammate should just push me under that bus. It's just, it's trying to put everyone around me and myself in the best position possible to win games. Right. So if you, I mean, and honestly, and it depends on what you're working on, right? Like I am wholeheartedly convinced that if I am going to get to the next level, it speed is going to be a big part of it because for a long time, you know, I would play games and sure. If I wanted to sit in the defensive half and then wait till everybody screws up and then come in and save the day and score a goal. I can get to champ two. Cool. That's, that's great. I'll do that. But I'm, I'm not, that's not going to get me to the place that I want to be at. You know, that's not going to push me to be better. Uh, the way that I'm going to get to champ two, champ three and grand champ is to spend, to speed up my game. The numbers show it. Um, Tom, if every single one of your listeners aren't clapping while listening to this right now, like that's the perfect mindset to improve. I mean, well, and I, I think they should be clapping. Uh, <laughs> that's not, I mean, anyways, nah, I agree. Um, uh, that being said, like if you only have, if, what I was going to say, I'm sorry that I'm starting this over so many times because I'm trying to collect my thought because I'm so excited about it. Like I am spending so much time in games because I am purely just like playing three or four games and then going to calculated whether they be losses or wins and looking at, okay, how fast did I play? Uh, how much time did I spend in supersonic? How much boost did I use? Uh, how much, uh, you know, how, many seconds was I in their slow time? How many seconds was I in boost speed uh, to make sure that I'm doing it on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I don't mind spending my time doing that right now because I want to it to be comfortable. It's not yet where I can just pop into a game and know what that feels like. I can't do it just second nature. I still really have to think about it. But once I'm at that point, in a month or two from now where it's, I sit down and it doesn't matter if it's going to be an awesome day or if it's going to be a really bad day. Like I play at a 14, eight to 15,000 speed without question. Then after I'm to that point, then it becomes, okay, now I spend my time in free play, getting comfortable, hitting the ball around at that speed, hitting the ball off the wall, getting my double tap. Like there are so many mechanics that I just don't have yet. Like hitting the ball off the wall consistently to hit double touches or like as frivolous as some people might think they are like having the ability to hit a ceiling shot or be comfortable coming off the ceiling is important. Like knowing how to air dribble the ball or control the ball off an aerial or go into a flip reset. Like all of those things are valuable if you are playing at the speed at which they become valuable. Um, if you're doing that, and I mean, I don't want to throw people under the bus and it's just the case. Like if you're in a platinum level hitting flip resets, like, yeah, you hit that in a platinum game, but if you tried to pull that off in a champ game, you would get stuffed because yeah. you just can't do it fast enough. I, and I the only completely. at the end of the day, it only matters if you can do it fast enough. If your goal is to play with the best 
and honestly, like I saw I saw somebody post on Reddit the other day. Their their entire post was where are all the good clips, and that just really irks me. Like I don't want somebody think they're so cool or amazing that they can put somebody else down. Like if you have something that you're proud of, I want you to share it with the world. And somebody's got something wrong with themselves if they don't want to celebrate that with you. Like you celebrate yourself. If somebody wants to put you down, they're the jackass, not you. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, if you <laughs> want somebody to really be impressed with your clip, like doing it at a platinum speed is not impressive. Like I'll pat you on the back. I'll be excited for you. Like, Hey, you hit your first flip reset, which I haven't even done. And when I do it, you know that I'm going to be spamming that on Twitter. Heck yeah. I'm going to be spamming it on Twitter, but then I know that I'm going to have to be able to do it better. Like, cool. Yeah. You did that. Always more work to do. You did that in platinum one. Now go do that in a GC game. And then I'll be really excited for you. Like, good job. Pat on the back. You got a lot of work to do still. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to give somebody an eighth place trophy and say that they did a really good job. Like yeah. you have more work to do. And that's just how I look at it. And I know that's not everybody's goal. But at the same time, like this and this relates to life. Like I know that so many more people are capable of more things. Let's not pat everybody on the back for being okay. Like, let's strive for more people. Come on. We can be better. Now, it, it, it's about that growth mindset. I I think people in Rocket League are sometimes complacent. Like, people will say all the time, hey, I want to reach Grand Champ. And then you go, all right, what are you doing to get there? And they go, I'm just playing games. And you're like, it's it's not not possible, but man, is it going to take a long time? So you got to do something a little extra. And I think I think that's what you're trying to say somewhere in there is just um, doing a doing a little bit more um, and and upping upping yourself to a higher standard. And, you know, I've, I have a few double touch clips myself on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, um, but I'm not hitting them against Squishy. <laughs> right, and I'm not hitting them. You know eight out of 10 times. Yeah. And I can't set them up for myself off the wall yet. I haven't figured out that out yet. I mean, I can't even air dribble off the wall. Consist- I can't do anything consistently. Let's be honest. And that's why I'm champ one. And yeah, like is speed the thing that I should be worrying about the most right now? Like if my mechanics aren't tip top, maybe not. And at least I'm working on something, right? Like I feel good working on something and once I have that, then it's on to the next thing. Like I'm we're I'm not getting G C this season, that's for damn sure. So as long as I am on that road perpetually, I know that eventually I will be able to put enough pieces together to get there. Do you have a time frame that you want to hit G C by? I mean like four months ago. <laughs> Tom, how many hours do you have? Do you know? Uh, I think I'm like, I'm right around 2,800 right now. So way back when someone did one of those questionnaires, it might've been on the Rocket League Exchange subreddit, the trading one. Um, and it was like looking at people, like how long it took. The average time was somewhere around 25, 2,600 hours. Um, and... I mean, if I'm at 1800 now, maybe who knows, maybe 1900. I, I honestly don't know if I hit it by 2,500, I'll be impressed. And also for how much I play this game. Um, I mean, I'm going to fly through another 600 hours, literally just in 2020. So if I have GC by the end of 2020, I'm going to be so happy. And God, it's so, it's so difficult to remember. <laughs> like I'm at champ one. Let's say I'm at champ one div three hypothetically that's not far to go dude i'm i'm literally halfway up everest right now from base camp i see the peak but now i'm running out of oxygen now the weather sucks 
like it's just getting harder and harder and oh my god the grind is i would say champ one is the foothills you haven't even started (laughs) well thank you for uh really putting that into perspective for me and making me now reevaluate everything i'm doing and but that's that's the case like there are so many people in champ one that just have to completely change the way the look at the that they look at the game to get to grant grand champ it's just it's and maybe i'm like overstating it or making it more than it should be and obviously if i've spent this long in champ one like something has to change for me to get to somewhere else and stay there consistently like in the, there are people stuck in champ one. There are people stuck in champ two. There are people stuck in champ three that, you know, they never, or they haven't been able to cross over that hump. And then you see, I play people now that have like season eight GC tags or season nine GC tags, season 10, 11 and champ one. Like, what are you doing? That's the other thing is people will, you know, hit a hot streak but then they can't really maintain it. Yeah. So I I think that, you know, it's, it's almost like I don't, it's not fake it till you make it, but it's almost like you have to understand uh, the mindset of being grand champ. Like step one is just understanding the mindset and understanding the gameplay. And then step two is actually, getting the mechanics that go along with it. Step three is being able to actually execute those mechanics and the speed and, you know, the discipline decision-making. And that's just a different game than champ one. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And that's the order that I would put it into is uh, essentially what I picked up on was positioning mechanics and then being able to execute the mechanics and the positioning over and over efficiently and that's that's when you start reaching the top right and if if i think that this is why i'm so hyped about just having something like speed to work on because i was working on air dribbling you know every now and then i would work on flicks like i was working on things and i would be able to execute those mechanics sometimes in a game, but they weren't getting me anywhere. Uh, and it wasn't until I kind of made that click of like, I just have to be able to do these things faster is when something unlocked for me. When when that unlocked happened of like, okay, this is this is how I get to the next level. It's not just being able to do more. It's being able to do... I mean, it's about being able to do it effectively, but also effectively faster. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> totally. And I feel that there are a lot of, and I say that the, I feel that, I feel that there are a lot of people like that in every rank, probably. You know, even in GC, there are people that are 15 or 1600 that would like to be 17 or 1800. And they expect that just grinding games the same way that they've, grinded them for the past whole rest of this season or however long they've been where they've been what it what needs to change is how they look at the game or things that they do you can't just like hope that you string 20 games together and then all of a sudden you know you're a 1700 instead of a 1550 an underrated tip for that too anyone that's listening if you can play with anyone at a higher level than you the best time ever to save a replay is in that game, especially if you personally feel like you got your butt kicked. Like, yo, take that take that replay, just watch what you were doing, and, like, look at all the times that you are completely lost, out of position, the mechanics didn't come off the way that you want. And these things, compared to everyone else around you, is going to start to highlight so quickly. Like, play with people that are better than you. It's not always easy to do, but, I mean, there's uh, the Rocket League school subreddit, there's a Rocket League friends subreddit, I believe. Like there, you can. There, there's resources out there. Go find them. Yeah, and go to calculated.gg, search some pros, 
download their replays and watch them and look at their stats. That's what really hit it home for me when I went to Squishy's replays and they don't upload them. You know, it's whenever somebody else uploads one. So they're not always going to be the most recent. But when I looked at Squishy's replays and I saw that his average speed was 2,500 to 3,000 times or the he was 2,500 unreal units per second faster than me, that's when I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, I'm just really slow. When I look at my stats and I look at his, like that's a, that's a big difference. Uh, and, you know, take some of your replays, upload them and look at your stats and see what you're doing differently than a professional player and that will give you something to work on. And just watch them play the game over and over and over again, and then do your best to emulate that. Yeah. Someone would also say, listen to a podcast by Tom. That'll yeah. help as well. Or maybe, you know, YouTube videos that have decision-making in the title. You never know. You know I don't know. I think people would <laughs> eventually just get tired of me ranting about stuff. Sometimes I just get a little worked up and I'm but not, a, I'm not going to apologize should, for it. Yeah. I mean, like, I just want people to play this game better. Yeah. But also you've put 2,800 hours into this game. Why shouldn't you want to, you know, keep progressing? Why shouldn't you want to be near the top? If I put more than a thousand, if I put more than 200 hours into anything I'm doing, I want to know that I'm getting better at it. It's that simple. Well, and that's why I say like where we're at is just the foothills because the differences become so uh, minute. Like the speed at which we're playing, like, you know, just the small decision to turn and rotate instead of challenge or how you approach the ball, you know, they're turning on a dime and just little things so that, you know, instead of hitting the post, you hit the ball in the top corner or instead of air dribbling the ball, you hit the ball straight up. And so you keep moving forward and the ball stays where the things are so different that it, it takes a considerable amount of effort to be able to make those changes such that you can do them on a consistent basis. And the, the work necessary is a lot. And once you start to see those differences, it I'm sure is extremely rewarding. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that's the thing is, you know, first you just have to be able to have the mindset of understanding these little differences. And then once you know that they're possible, then that's when you can obtain them. Like, you know, watching a John Sandman video and questioning the entire time, why is this guy grand champ and not me? This looks exact. He plays exactly like I do. Well, as long as you think that way, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Asking also, John's your... gameplay now compared to even six months ago is so much better it it i mean for me it makes sense but yeah. i mean that's that's uh, that's not the point that you're making here like if you're listening to this podcast i'm gonna hope that you're trying to get better at rocket league and if you're trying to get better at rocket league then you gotta find whatever competitive edge that you can to get better which means you're probably gonna need to do some uh workshops you're gonna need to do some training packs free play is your best friend uh, use, you know, different resources. Like the one that Tom keeps talking about that I swear if he's not getting ad revenue for, he should. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many tutorials and, and even, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to talk about it, but even my series on YouTube, Rocket League Decision-Making, the whole idea is just let's all become better together. I have the worst cringiest video of me explaining what Rocket League Decision-Making is. And I, I'm hesitant to delete the video because, I mean, honestly, I sound like an idiot. At some point, I'm talking about, like, 
how cars are us and we're cars and it's cringe tastic it's awful but at the same time the idea the sentiment was there like we you we all want to be better so why not get better together you know amen i think i think that is a great place to start the end of the show we're going to begin the end and i i won't take this one away from you uh, but i will let you supplement those last thoughts uh if you have any uh final uh parting thoughts for the audience um first tom i think what you're doing with this podcast is uh great i think it's going to be a bunch of different perspectives and uh worthwhile interviews and talking about rocket league which is um i don't know how many people still play this game every day hundred thousand if not more maybe that's just you know in doubles or na or whatever like I mean, there's an audience and people out there want to get better. Um, If you're considering getting better, if you feel like your decision making isn't quite there, I would appreciate if you stop by my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash Swayze, S-W-A-S-A-Y-E. I'm sure, who knows, maybe Tom will put my name in the title of this podcast. Um, But the whole idea of the series is let's look at key moments that happen in a game, figure out what you were thinking, if you were happy with it, if you were sad with it, what could have been done different? And I also have a little bit of an interview before the series starts. Um, it's normally just 10 questions of trying to build a profile. Uh, what do you think you're good at, what you're bad at, and you know what got you into Rocket League and a few others. Um, season three, hypothetically, is coming out right around New Year's. So not too far away. All right. Well, that was kind of a final thought and a plug all at the same time. Two birds, one stone, no problem. Definitely check it out. I mean, it's not, I will say it is not your typical uh, Rocket League YouTube content. Uh, It's very different than everything else that uh, I would say is uh, getting a lot of the views right now. And that's good. I think providing something different is what the uh, YouTube community needs in terms of Rocket League. So uh, give him a chance, uh, take a look, and you know you might even learn something from it. And I think you know you've had a lot of different folks on there all the way. You know you've had a couple grand champs and you've had some silver people on there. Yeah, so we, I've had an unranked person, someone that literally played ten hours, and it, uh, they played better than expected. You'd, you like you would be surprised if you watched that video. I would love to have a chat uh, with somebody at that point in the game, like in there time span just because i i feel like i never run into people like that anymore tom i'm excited for you to do racket league decision making hopefully you'll be kind enough to come on one time well i'll see what kind of uh uh funds you're offering i'm just kidding of course <laughs> i'd be more than happy to uh okay so you will be able to find his youtube channel and uh twitter as well in the uh description uh, the whatever you call the words that come below a podcast if you're interested. And of course, I will also uh, tag you um, on the Twitter. So if you're checking it out and you want to follow Swayze uh, on the Twitter, you can do it that way. And then uh, one last opportunity, if you would like to pose a question out to the audience of Chasing GC, um, now is your opportunity. All right. I, I listened to the Pluto podcast, so I actually was thinking about one. I, I think I have it for the uh, Chasing Grand Champ podcast. Uh, what is the best mechanic that isn't necessarily to improve your gameplay? Like, I feel like half flips is uh, big for improving your gameplay, but like what random mechanic is uh, is just the most fun? Huh. Good one. Cool. All right, I would I, I would personally go with air dribbling. I just think it's so cool to be able to carry the ball on your car across the field, whether it's from the ground or the wall. Uh, I just find so much joy in being able to do that. I don't care how many other fancy things come out of this game. That will always uh, be one of the coolest things for me. Um, aerials are what originally attracted me to this game in the first place. There's something about being able to fly through uh, the air and, and hit a ball into a goal. 
Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. What about you? What, what would be your answer to your own question? So I'm tempted to say air dribbles as well, because that's really what kind of like made me want to, you know, get as high as possible in the champ ranges. Cause God, those look so cool. But like the most random mechanic, that cool 360 that people do with the power slide, but they still have the ball on top of their car. Like they're dribbling it. Oh yeah. I'm working on it. I can't get it yet. That's cool. I want to learn it. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing about when you lock that down. And you share that clip. I will. And don't let anybody put you down for it. (laughs) All right, Swayze. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, Be sure to check out his YouTube channel. And I will, of course, uh, once I have uh, hung out with you on on an episode of Rocket League Decision Making, be sure to share that with everyone as well. Uh, Other than that, thank you so much for your time. And this is where this podcast ends. Sounds good, Tom. Thank you for having me. Hey, team, before we hop into this episode with Swayze, I just wanted to share a message that I got from a listener all the way from Australia. He wanted to answer Flash's question about hopping back and forth in between the competitive ranked play and the more casual just enjoying it. I really appreciate it, Tyrell, for you taking the time to answer a question and send in an answer for me. I hope all of you enjoy it, and as always, please take some time to answer the questions on Twitter or in the Anchor app. I've been receiving more and more messages from you guys, and it just warms my heart uh, to hear from you and how much you're enjoying the show. Please take some time to answer the questions. I would love to hear more from you guys, whether that's on Twitter or somewhere else, even on the Anchor app if you want to download that and send a message like the voice one you're about to hear. Anyways, thanks so much for sharing your time with me and listening to the podcast. I'm so grateful that so many of you are getting something out of it. Enjoy the show. Hey Tom, Tyrell here from Australia. To answer Flash's question about playing competitively and flipping a switch to then playing like fun, um, to me it's when I can't progress any further in a rank, so at the moment I'm Diamond 2, Div 2. Um, I hop into free play, practice my mechanics, learn new mechanics, and then I introduce those new mechanics into my game. And when I do that, that's when I start having fun. I just try to go for those air dribbles, those double tap, backboard shots, those reads. That's when I have fun with the game. And then once I start progressing in the ranks a little bit, then I'll really flip the switch into a competitive mindset and try to knuckle down and move up the ranks some more and just repeat the process. Um, thank you. Enjoy the podcast and thanks a lot.